Hello and welcome back to the Talk Norwich City podcast. I'm delighted to welcome to the show today, Mr. Todd Campwell. Todd, how you doing, man? I'm good. Good I'm to good. see you. you. Good to see you. How has the past week been? Because for me and Chris, it's been a whirlwind. You've been at the centre of it. Yeah, Mad. no, I think I think probably everyone's probably seen the fans and that on on social media, the the celebrations that have gone on. But I think I think everyone can probably acknowledge that we were due a big celebration for such a memorable season so um but yeah no it's brilliant it's been brilliant and show me what's on the table here not the bottle of water i'm sure <laughs> it's lovely this this medal because i quote from the 14th of january 2019 you said on the official club channel to play in the premier league is your dream that symbolizes the dream coming true yeah. unbelievable let's let's take a look at this first of all that that certainly beats my five <coughs> side medals that i've won in the past <laughs> that's special mate what was villa like um, that day it was it was a bit of a whirlwind to be honest you've, you've um, got to wear it by the way yeah i'll, I'll put it on the front <laughs> it was a bit of a whirlwind to be honest i think obviously everyone was going there knowing a point would be enough um at the same time everyone in the change room wanted to win um you know to to get that 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 point record and and to do really what we had been doing you know keep winning and, and not not concentrate on you know we need a point because if you if you're trying to win and you don't win hopefully you get a draw if you're trying to draw and you don't draw maybe you lose so but yeah I think you know credit to the boys that started the game because there must have been some nerves going on um, but yeah Were you nervous? I mean to be honest I wasn't and I don't know if that's because I wasn't on the starting eleven, or whether I just felt confident that we was going to do it. But you know, I think to go there and to to beat that they're in such a good form as well. Obviously, they did rest some players, but you know, everyone knows Villa Villa's capabilities, and to beat them two one there was um, yeah icing on the cake. Indeed, Chris, are you over it yet? Well, I've sobered up. <laughs> Kenny hasn't. Has Kenny sobered up yet? Um, Wait, do you know where he is? Is he alive? He could be anywhere. <laughs> he could be anywhere. I thought uh, Aston Villa, let's just talk about that for a minute. I thought that it was one of the best days, if not the best day ever of supporting Norwich City Football Club for me. And it's got to be up there with Wembley being Ipswich 5-1 away. That was beautiful as well. <coughs> Playoff semi-final against Ipswich as well. Anyway, um, Villa was just scenes, wasn't it? I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, I think my glasses are actually damaged from when someone <laughs> punched me in the face. I've got a busted lip from it. I fell like four or five rows in front to give Carl a hug. Um, you know, confetti, flares in the pub, dodgy hats, the whole lot. It was just a beautiful day, mm. beautiful day. And, and emotional as well. I cried for the second time supporting Norwich. I think it was Pinto waving mm. goodbye. Yeah. That got me crying. Uh, Delia and uh, Mickey Wynne-Jones as well, holding the trophy aloft was yeah. just... Unbeatable. It must must be extra special for you though, Todd, because let's go back to the start of your journey with Norwich as a nine-year-old <coughs> sort of signing on. And I think there's a lot of kids that get into Norwich, you know, the FDC or whatever mm -hmm. they call it, and they've got that dream to progress mm. through the years. And unfortunately, not many do. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not sure how many from who were there at the beginning are still there with you now. I can't think of any. Yeah. But it's been an incredible journey for you, hasn't it? Yeah, to be honest, I don't think it happens to many players where they start at football club, obviously the local football club, mm -hmm. and and end up playing in the first team and you know and and being a part of a season like this. I don't, I don't honestly, I just don't think that happens. Um, which you know, 
some might say lucky, some might say, you know, hard work, right place, right time, all of the things. I'd, I'd, I'm not bothered at what one it is, mm. but, you know, I'm, I'm privileged to be sat in the position, obviously, with, with a um, championship winning medal. And Get that around your neck. <laughs> Come on, you can't be on here and not wear that. Okay, okay. You, can tell, you can tell how much it means to you, Todd, because I look at the, uh, well, it was the last home game of the season where you did the knee slide in front of me and Jack. <laughs> you're dancing around, you're going mental, you're not trying to play it cool. And I just love that because you are literally living our dreams. And yeah. I just, it's, it's amazing to know that you're born and bred in Norfolk. <clears throat> beautiful, beautiful no, bird. Have you always sort of backed yourself through that journey? I mean, it, it obviously takes a lot of confidence because you know how ruthless the industry you're in is. And yeah. you can, you know, lose your job at any point going through them ranks. Yeah. So have you always had that belief that you could get into that first team? I think, to be honest, there's obviously times uh, during my career when I was probably you know, 15 to, to 17, 18, where mm. I probably did have some question marks, which I never thought as a kid, because I was probably, and would probably quite openly say that I was always expected to be the best player yeah. going through the academy, and never really bothered me, you know, if anything, I embraced that and thrived off it and enjoyed the responsibility, and it got to a stage where you started to play under 23s football as like 16 year old, and mm. things weren't going as smoothly as they were. And I think that's when question marks sort of come in. But I think there was like um, there was like a, a moment which hit me and thought, I've come so far, I need to go up into the next gear now. Right. And th there generally was a bit where I was like, mm, is this right? There's pressure now. I, it's not about enjoying it now. It's about I've got to do this, this, this. I stripped it all back and said, why do you play football? To myself, the reason I play football is because I love it. So I'm just gonna love it again. And I started playing my better football again. And obviously, wow. yeah, um, luckily I, I got back to the best that I could be. And so was, there's a two-part question here, Todd. Was there ever a point, first of all, that you you thought, this isn't for me, I've got to, I've got to find a job? Um, and on the flip side, when, uh, if you've already thought it, when was the moment you thought, <clears throat> I've made it, I'm a Norris City player? Um, to be honest, I think that moment hasn't actually come yet. I don't think, boom, I'm a Norris City player yet, which might seem like quite a strange thing to say, but um, I don't think I can be classed as that until I've played 50, 60 games, until I can say, look, now I'm a Norris City player. Obviously, I've been a part of what is an amazing season, but I feel like I've got so much more to give and I wouldn't want that label before I deserved it. Do you feel like it's a bit of a dream still? Yeah, definitely. I, sometimes I do have to pinch myself a little bit. You know, sometimes I'll get a message from a, like one of my better mates or something, and they'll tell me, "You've won the championship. Like, are you starting again today?" Tom, and wake I think, up. <laughs> and I think, what am I starting? Like, what? It's mad. But obviously, you can't think like that when you're in it because you do just have to, like I said earlier, you have to strip everything back and ignore the things that you need to ignore and concentrate on the things you need to concentrate on. When was the first pinch yourself moment in your career for Norwich so far, the first one? I think the first one was, and I don't know why, but it was probably QPR away in my second start. And I don't know why it wasn't the first one, but the second one felt like there was a, there was a good following there. It was on Sky Sports. Yeah. Um, it was an evening game, wasn't it? Uh, Did we wear that dodgy lime green kit? Yeah. yeah. Pookie scored yeah. his chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the one. Um, 
And I think it was because before the game, saying, oh, I said to mum, I was like, make sure you record the game, I want to watch <laughs> it back later. And, and then she was like, yeah, you just make sure you enjoy it. And I thought, come on, Sky Sports yeah. playing for Norwich. Like, <laughs> I, and, and obviously us winning again was like, you know, it was a real good build up. I, I had a good game. And I think that was when I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm there, like I'm playing. Incredible. And what was the point that you felt, have you ever felt like this isn't for me? Um, sort of touching it a little bit, I think when I was around 15, 16, I was almost persuaded to stay um, at Norwich, which I don't mind saying, um, because there was, a, like I said, there was, there was a spell where I didn't know if it was because I was at the same club that I wasn't enjoying it now. I, w I was very confused at that age because obviously there's all of the things with schools and all of that stuff. Mm. There's all personal things which no one ever knows about. And I think I was at a stage where I was like, I, I want to enjoy football, but I realized I had to enjoy it within myself to enjoy it on the pitch. And it wasn't about what club I was playing for. The opportunity was there. It was, it was actually with me, do you know what I mean? So. Mm. I know you're a humble lad, but you have reached an elite point in your sector now football mm. you strike me as a person and I, and I think this is a similar trait through successful people whatever they do in terms of you reach a goal and then it's like you can't settle at that point mm. you want more mm. have you been able I know you've struck touched on it a little bit but have you been able to look back at the past 10 years and gone I'm here and just be able to breathe a bit instead mm. of going right what's next what's next do you know what? And I would love to be able to do that, but you can't. Even even since we won, still we won this. Is it's, it's <laughs> what's next for me? It really is, and I I can't help it. You know, I, it's not something I choose to be like. And for, for whether it being a good thing or a bad thing, it's just something I've always been. You know, I win this, or you do well in that. What's next? Um, which I think has helped me probably get to where I am now. So mm. I can't really complain about it, but. But yeah, definitely. Let's let's go back to last season. So you've had your fantastic spells through the youth teams, and I think you mentioned it earlier. But in terms of from the outside looking in, it always felt like you were one step above your teammates. You were always the centre point, and the teams were trying to work around you. <coughs> you then make your way into the sort of first team setup, and this loan comes from Fortuna Sittard. Mm. Now, I don't know what it is with the English game, but it's not often you see a young player go abroad. What was that like for you? Because it's not just playing in a different league, it's moving, yeah. it's leaving your girlfriend, it's yeah. all of these things. That must have been tough. Yeah, I think there was a, there was obviously when the window was open, there was a lot of conversations with Neil Adams, um, my mum, my dad, about clubs that were, you know, question, questioning taking me mm. in England. You know, there was, there was a lot of clubs saying, what's he done? Mm. And the reply from from me, which I was saying to mum, you know, well, how, give me a chance yeah. to show you what I can do and then say what have I done. But then also there was clubs that were saying, look, we'll have him. Mm. And them clubs, you know, the greatest respect probably wouldn't have benefited me like Holland did. Mm. So when Holland, the, the Dutch club Fortuna, came in and said, look, this is what we want to do. This is how we want him to play. And this is how we play here. And if, you know, you're not happy, come and have a watch first, you know, see what you think. And it just felt like it was almost like another family coming to pick you up and say, we'll look after you now. Mm. Whereas some clubs are like, oh, we'll have him, yeah. You know, he might, we can play him, you know, on the wing or we can play him here for a couple of games. It wasn't the same. So it wasn't so much, you know, should I do it, should I not? It was like, when can I start? Mm. Because it, it was made easy for me. Was it the yellow kit? 
Do you know what? I didn't know that <laughs> until I got there. <laughs> that was it. I promise you, I didn't know that until I got there. But you yeah, that was it. You can't resist the yellow, can you? I can't. I can't. You bleed it, yellow and green. It's interesting though, isn't it, Chris? Because we saw when, when James Madison was here, he took that loan deal to, to Aberdeen. And it's almost like it might feel like a step back at the time. Fortuna aren't the size of Norwich. Mm. But in terms of career progression, these deals are vital, aren't they? And, and it takes a lot for a player to do that. Yeah, it does. I think you've touched on something that um, we've spoken about it with the German lads coming to England, how actually <coughs> it takes time to adjust. We mentioned the last podcast, Mario Vrancic, you know, you know, he's now coming to fruition. It, it, it's wonderful. He's blossoming. He's had an incredible season. Um, but, you know, the season before last, you know, he was still adjusting. And I think that Todd, to go out of his comfort zone to Holland, um, you know, different language, of course, they're speaking with different language, different atmosphere, different feel, um, different stadiums, and you're just forced to go out of your comfort zone. And I think, mm. I think I'm right in saying as well, they play a similar-ish style of football yeah. to us in the yeah. sense that it's passing, not buff you off the mm-hmm. ball and, and kind of, you know, because you could have done that in League One yeah. Championship Scottish game. Yeah. That, I wasn't happy with Madison going, going online. I thought he was ready. Um, and likewise, I feel as if, if Todd was given a chance in the team, I thought he would have been fine as well. Mm. But what an experience for you yeah. and, a pr- and, two, and by the way two promotions one year mm. come on man yeah I know breathe no it's crazy, <laughs> what, crazy. What's the, what's the time like in Holland off the pitch in terms of you know living in a different country and being with a, a group of people that at the point of going there you didn't know that yeah. must be pretty overwhelming I can't really imagine doing that mm. I think initially it was once I got there once I got into my accommodation I was a bit like well I'm here now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, but to be fair, the sporting director, he was there at the time. He's not there now. But and the manager, you know, they were they were brilliant. You know, anything they could do, they would do it. The players w- were in the nicest way possible. Actually, surprisingly, like comfort in and right. it was brilliant that they most of them spoke English as well. Mm. Um, but I think, yeah, I think playing the games doing well having the support it almost like you were ignoring everything else yeah. anyway which is I've always wondered what that kind of feeling is like in terms of going into a new dressing room or stepping up into the first team dressing room I suppose for me and Chris it's almost like starting a new job or mm. going to a new school for the first day and yeah. I've always thought that's quite a hostile environment mm. there's a lot of egos there's mm. a lot of banter flying about you've mm. got to be pretty strong minded I guess to be able to deal with that no definitely I think the thing that I've always tried to to make quite apparent with me as well as a person off the pitch is that I'm I'm quite a listener before I judge what's going on you know I'm not the sort of guy that would go in and start look at me I'm the centre of attention or anything like that it's you know it's you see what you get with me I think you know you I've got banter and I like to have a laugh and stuff like that but not Mario Balotelli sitting on fire. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm cool, not. Good. Yeah, I'm not that guy. But, um, but yeah, no. I, I. It's just. It's like you said. It's like going into a new job. You've got new things to adapt to and new personalities. But luckily, I've been. I've been welcomed in really well with both. And a name that you've you've raised there, Todd, is Neil Adams. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's a guy that's gone off the radar massively. Of course, he wasn't at the club for a period of time after. You know, he he was kind of sacked basically but told that he could come back into this role can you just give us a bit of an insight into what what did Neil Adams do with you how did he how was he with you and where did he place you and 
How did it work with Neil Adams? Yeah, well, like I said, obviously he was, I've worked with him when I was under 14s um, as, a, as a, obviously he was my manager and he really helped me then. I felt like I learned a lot that season. Um, you know, I learned probably things that I hadn't learned before and I don't mean ability and technicality, I mean in my head. I, I sort of learned to understand football a little bit better and the seriousness maybe of it. Um, but yeah, obviously having that relationship with him from then, moving into that, it, for me it just felt like he really cared about where he sent me and it wasn't just Todd's a good player, we'll put him here and let's see if that works sort of thing. It was like, that's not right for him because I know Todd. This might work for him because I know Todd. And, you know, he was brilliant with me. And I'm not just saying that. He was brilliant with me from when I was, you know, under him as a coach. And he's been absolutely brilliant even to this day. You know, every time I see him, it's like, um, it's, it's lovely to see him because he, he's happy that I've done well. And, and I'm, I'm happy and thankful that he did like, well. A bit like an uncle to you, really. Yeah, yeah. And he's a, he's a top guy. And I, I think he does generally care about, the players that he's working with and like you say it's a bit under the radar to be honest because you mm. don't really hear anything about him but yeah. no he's um, yeah he certainly did a good job with me and you mentioned there about sort of getting into the under sort of 15, 16 in terms of learning more mentally and the mentality mm -hmm. of it what has that journey been like because in three, four years you've gone from being a youth team mm. player that not many people know about to being in the national newspapers and on the BBC every day like yeah. That's a lot to process, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. I think probably the biggest one was, was obviously playing out in Holland with the, um, the maturity and the, the realisation that we're playing for something really important. Um, 23's football is brilliant and I, I wouldn't fault it, but I'd played there for two years and I needed something else. Yeah. Um, like you say, you need, you need to know what it means to lose, you need to know what it means to win. Um, and I've always been a winner and I knew I've always been a winner but feeling what it's like to try and achieve something like we were obviously going for a promotion it's probably helped me this season not to, to worry about being in the team and, mm. and playing games so um, it's an experience that yeah it, it is arguably one of the most important ones realising youth football professional football and Chris it always feels like we've had a slight investment in Todd's journey more than other players because <laughs> he's, a local, he's a local boy <laughs> he's living a dream of many it always feels that little bit more special doesn't it when it's <clears> one of your own doing it I think I think most Norwich fans are like that I had it with Angus and I was like I was almost in tears when he made a world-class save I was like Angus come on and it's exactly the same for you mate you know when you when you run out onto that pitch, be it a sub or starting, it's just, it's incredible to see. And I'm sure, um, you know, every single Norwich fan that's listening, watching to this now, and then drop your comments below your support for Todd this season. Um, but it, it just, it, it feels so special. I mean, even someone like, you know, Max Ahrens, that's obviously not from Norfolk, but, you know, he he's one of our own. He's part of the youth and, you know, youth, youth, youth. I love that. I love it. <laughs> so your, your loan at Fortuna, Ends mm -hmm. and um, you, you were injured at the end of that, weren't you? Yeah. yeah. So, so you, you pick up your injury. What's your mindset going into the start of this season? Because obviously, back here, it was an underwhelming season. Fourteenth. There were calls from some for the manager to go. There were yeah. calls from for some players to go. Yeah. It was a transitional period, but I don't know what it was like behind the scenes at the club. But from the outside, it felt like oh, I don't know where we're going here. Mm. What was your mindset coming back off your loan deal and going, right, this is the season ahead. What do I want to achieve? And what do I think the team can achieve? I think um, I was a little bit 
out of sight, out of mind in a way when I was out in Holland. Obviously, I was looking exactly what was going on back mm -hmm. at home. But, you know, at, at that point, I wasn't in, you know, first-team group chats and, and things <laughs> like that. I, di I didn't really know how it felt around, mm -hmm. you know. Obviously, I came back when I had a slight little injury for a couple of weeks. I watched one of the games and the atmosphere was, you know, it was like there was there was things really going wrong. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think my mindset was as soon as... My last game finished in Holland and I hurt my knee. First thing was, how bad is it? Mm. You know, how long am I going to be out? Then it was a, uh, you know, the the off season for me is getting my knee right. Right. And I'm going to be ready for pre-season to go in and say, this is my chance. Mm. I'm not going to get a better chance after what I've achieved last year to come in and say, like, play me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I looked at it more as a, and it's probably, well, I don't know if it's a bad thing to say, but I looked at it as an opportunity for me to, to get in. I mean, this shows the mentality of Todd, Chris, doesn't it? Because arguably the lowest point of a footballer, I'm saying this judging, an injury is probably down there. You can't play, you can't do what you love. Mm. To then come back <coughs> with an injury and go, right, this is my time to shine. Mm. That's the kind of players we need at this football club. Yeah, definitely. Um, a player that springs to my mind in that sense is Louis Thompson. You know, the stuff that he's been through, you know, this season and last season, to still be where he's at now and you know I think that the manager's showing a lot of faith um, in him and of course Todd when he was injured and, and, and I think that, that that's nice to see and I think um, it, it really resonates and you connect more with the fans when if you're injured and then you get back from injury the fans are so much more behind you mm. I think you're I'd probably you, you can tell me yes or no here but probably your teammates want it more for you because mm. oh, Toddy's back he's not injured yeah. now and and I, I just think it's, it's, it's great, it's mm. good to see. So, um, I know obviously you wanted to be in the first team this season. Did you genuinely believe that you could be starting at points? Um, to be honest, I think a bit like what I touched on, I, I come back in pre-season and felt like my pre-season was the best I've had. Really? Yeah, I felt like I was I was comfortable with my teammates. I thought, you know, I'm, I'm ready to be a part of this now. Mm. Um, and I'm going to be completely honest, you know, first game of the season come, I was gutted not to be playing. I really was because I felt like I was ready. I felt like I'd shown that. Um, and then, yeah, it's the realisation that, you know, this is a big football club, you know, with the greatest respect to Sittard. They are a very good football club and, you know, they've gone on to, to be back where they should be. But Norwich is it's a bigger club. And um, I think as soon as I realised I wasn't starting first day, it was OK. Right, I'm not starting, so I haven't done enough. So mm. I need to show more. I need to maybe show him more consistently that I can do this, and you know, and and pray that I'll get my chance. And to be fair, it's the sort of manager that if you are doing that, he will give you his chance. He's shown that this year. Did you know that Daniel was that type of manager <coughs> from the beginning, or was it when you know Max got <coughs> thrown in and Jamal, or did you always know that if you proved yourself, you were in that team? I think I had a pretty good feeling because before I went on loan, obviously I'd been on the bench a couple of times and. I've had some good conversations with the manager and I had that feeling like I was I was coming back to someone that knew exactly what I could do mm -hmm. and I had genuinely had the feeling that if I'm showing myself enough he will he will play me so that's that's a that's a reassuring feeling to know that if I am doing that I will get my chance. Chris and I guess that's been one of the main we'll, we'll talk about this season in length in a moment but one of the main positives of this season has been that belief in the youth hasn't it oh my god definitely 100 percent. i think that i think to be honest with you i think the norwich fans were initially like we want it for the youth but we're a bit like oh god blimey and i remember 
this feeling, particularly with with Ben Godfrey at the start. You know, there was a few when 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 Max was was chucked in against Ipswich, we thought, oh my lord, you know, Evo is an experienced player. Um, you know, we, we, we know how good he is and we've never looked back since. And it's the same for Todd. I think that <coughs> the way that the manager has stuck with the youth and given them the opportunity and played them in consist- like consistent strings of games, it's not just been in and out for Todd. Mm. And, and that's that's been awesome to see. Awesome to see. I've just randomly thought of something. Talk to me about your Leon Barnett change. <laughs> so you had the long locks. What was first of all, what, what was the what was the thought behind the long locks? Um, the long locks were... Get the manager's attention? (laughs) 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 You know what, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't like the fact that everyone had the same haircut. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to grow my hair. And I had to go through some horrible stages. (laughs) Did you? But yeah, I thought, you know what, I'm going to grow my hair. And my brother had long hair at the time. Like I used to banter him and, you know, he's got long hair. And then there was times when I'd go back and be like, I'm at that, (laughs) that's different, I like it. yeah, so, and then the reason I cut it is because I tried to um, change the colour of my hair a little bit and it went wrong, let's say. Oh, really? We and were I'm, debating that. I'm so pleased you brought that up. So are, you, are you blonde or we, are you dark, naturally? No, so in the sun, my hair goes blonde, but obviously because right. it's short, yeah. you wouldn't be able to tell. But when my hair gets longer, it is naturally blonde, but... Um, well, that is a revelation. We've been debating yeah. that all season. Yeah, Has he dyed his hair? Has I had not? to cut it off, believe me, because what come out couldn't come out. Really? Yeah. Goodness oh. me. Now, talk to me. You can't leave the people hanging here. What colour did it go? Was it a green? It, it was, was it? like the home home shirt. It was yellow. That's wow. incredible. I had to go, man. I had to go. Really? I, the, it was amazing because I think it was Michael <laughs> Bailey that tweeted the photo of you, the fresh cut. You mm. were in the tunnel. And I looked at it. I was like, who have we signed? Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know it was you. And then you came out and the rest is history, I, I can say. I think amazing. you look a bit like Woody from Toy Story, by the way. Yeah, so no, the, the truth was um, the colour that it went was obviously down to my roots. So I then had to, to I looked like a cheater. <laughs> there was patches which had the blonde stuff. So I thought, oh, come on. No, so I said to the guy, I was like, look, I'm going to need you to, to cover this up. And when he covered it up, I thought, oh, it looks bad again. But I can't, I can't go in. I can't go any shorter now. I've got no air left. So. Did you sack your barber at that point? Um, you stuck with him? Listen, we thing. had a falling out. But <laughs> Did you? Yeah, but no, he's a good guy. Like, um, I'll probably ask too much of him, to be honest. Will, will we will we see the return of the long locks in the Premier League? You know, big up the personal brand now sort of it's, thing. You know? It's pending. Is it? It's pen- this is why the hat's it? on, because uh, I've got okay. to go through these bad stages okay. again. Speaking of hats, what do you make of this hat? Yeah, so, Todd, we got a photo after Villa, <laughs> and I was wearing this, and you were probably like, this guy's lost his head. He's yeah. lost his marbles. You, you had lost your head. Let, yeah, I had. So, this hat was found on the co- no the pub at Villa wasn't it the pub floor would you would you, would would you, you rate it, it? would I you mean, wear it I probably wouldn't I, I think <laughs> I, that's very polite of you I think you have to wear it as part of being on this podcast go on Todd for the fans I'll wear the medal you wear this I feel like I just can't do that to myself <laughs> I'm sorry no that's it's fair bad. I mean I, I mean we both won something at Villa I want a hat you want a, a championship winner that is a yeah. shocking hat um, he wore it all day that's how under the influence he was, Todd. Oh. What did you great. think when he came up to you for a the picture? The beer was the... talking there. Oh, 100%. The beer was talking. Shocking. Let's go back to the start of the season and quickly away from that hat. <laughs> when you're left out of the team at the start and you think, I'm ready, mm-hmm. is it a situation of being like, right, I need to know my place. I haven't made a start yet. I'm young. Let's, you know, just sit back and hopefully my time will come. Or is <clears> it you go the other way and go, no, I'm ready. I'm ready to start. 
Daniel, you know, knocking on the door. Yeah. Where do you sit in that? Because you know, it's a, it's a, it's an awkward situation to be, I guess. Yeah. No, I'm I'm one for um, like I say, being patient and mm. and having chance to prove yourself. But there was a there was a time there where I thought I've had such a good preseason. I feel like I need to really know where I stand. Right. And I'm not I'm not the the type of guy that wants to go knocking on saying why am I not you know all of this. But I, I had a very honest chat with the boss before. Um, you know, before I decided, you know, what was going on. And he made it clear he didn't want me to go on loan. Right. And to me, he didn't tell me anything more than that, but he just made that crystal clear. And I thought, if he's telling me that, it's, it's for the best. And I know that that, to me, is like a nudge to say, that's what, you, that's, that's what you need to be told. So it was from there on where I just said, okay, he doesn't want me to go on loan, so I know that means he wants me here. I suppose that, that could have gone two ways in your head, though. It could have been... I could be here and not playing and I could go backwards in my development mm. or the mm. way you've clearly gone and thought oh, I'm, re I'm ready the gaffer mm. thinks I'm ready so what was that just a was that just a natural instinct or was it did it ever go through your head that thought should I be pushing for a low move because it's an awkward mm. place to know where you stand at yeah no it was it was an awkward place and like you said there was obviously question marks as to whether you know things would pan out differently but like I said after I had that conversation with the manager and you know, I had to take his word for it, really, because it's come from the the guy. So I thought, okay, look, he's given me this information. I'm going to take this as uh, he thinks that I'll play this year. And if I continue to train, I've been training. And luckily, yeah, he repaid his faith. And Chris, it's interesting, isn't it, looking, go, looking right back to the start of the <coughs> season. Let's not forget, we were down near the bottom for the first six games. We were struggling. Mm. So what were you thinking, right, it's time to put the youth in? Or were you thinking... Right, we we need the most experienced players here to get us out of this hole. Um, no, no, I'm not just saying in front of Todd. I did think it was time to play the youth. I called for Max Aaron's to come in against Ipswich. Um, you know, I, I was delighted when Ben was in. I was delighted when Todd got a string of games. I think that, you know, and it's with no, it's with all the love and respect in the world for the players that that you know the experienced players that were in the mix. But I just felt like we some, we needed something different. Mm. We needed to not be predictable. And I and I honestly think. The secret sauce to Norwich City this season has been our unpredictability. People don't know necessarily what Todd's all about yet. Mm -hmm. They can watch a few videos, they can see him on loan at Fortuna, but they don't really know what he's about. And I think that, that it's that flavour, it's that spice, when you add that into a dish together, a big dealia dish, I think, <laughs> I think that it makes a beautiful, beautiful flavour. Um, and for me, it's just been a joy to watch. I think it's helped with the fans as well. I think it's helped with the culture. I think that... Um, it's it's put the fans' shoulders back. It's gone. Yeah, we will play our youth team. Yeah, this is us. This is Norwich now. Um, and uh, there's been times. Uh, I think it was the season before last where I thought, no, we need more leaders. And it was at the point of the start of this season where I thought, no, 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 we need youth players now. We need energy. We need something different. And credit where credit's due to Daniel because he's he's kept faith in the young players. And as Todd mm. said, you know, they, they, they've absolutely delivered. Cast your mind back, Todd, to the home defeat to Leeds 3-0 when mm. we were thumped run off the park Yeah. were you thinking at that point if I'm thrown into the team here the atmosphere is hostile mm. we're not doing well were you scared at that point? I think I actually remember that game very well I, was, I wasn't I was in the squad for that game um, I was obviously sat you know in, the, in, in with the fans watching mm. it and I thought you know this is um this is this is different. This is you know this is quick. This is um, you know obviously I know exactly what the boys can do, and I thought 
Leeds looked unbelievable that day and I thought, oh, if, if this is the level, you know. But I think I think probably from, from it's them sort of games that I think probably switched everyone's mentality to say we need to lift it. Right. And I think, you know, the, the tempo in training and, and things like that, it, it there was it, it switched. It was like it was okay. Come on, we are better than this. We've got a good mix. Let's go. And I, I personally looked at that game and thought, I want to be in there and I want to try and change what's happening. I didn't look at it as like, oh, I couldn't think of anything worse now than mm. to be in next week. I generally looked at it and thought, you know, I want to be in. So, um, yeah. Did you always have belief in this squad from the very start that it could turn? And the, you know. It's interesting you say that because I think at some point, and I look back to previous Norwich teams, and after a defeat, things capitulate and things yeah. go the other direction. Mm. So what was it about this group that almost went the other direction and thought, right, we need to up our levels? <clears throat> I don't know. I think, honestly, I think there's like, the youth side is like a, a no fear, next game, let's go. Yeah. And then the experience in there, like Tim Closer, Grant, you know, Timmy Crawl and... I could name a lot of others, but you know they're the ones that that have like the let's say the understanding and can break it down a little bit. And I think with that mix of let's just go and we'll attack it and we'll do what's right and mm. the wise heads, I think that's why it's worked so well. Speaking of those players, Todd, you know the experienced players like you know Timmy K, you know both Timmy Ks. Um, has there has there, God, I can't get used to that still. Has there been a player that you, you that you look at? Um, that you're particularly thankful for in terms of experience that's kind of looked after you this season mm. at all? I think Tim Close has been very good um, from, you know, even back when I started training when Alex Neal was there. He was, he was always very quick to, to tell me that I'm good enough and if I carry on, I'm, you know, I can do that. But also Ivo Pinto as well. Um, mm. He's been really good this year, and not just for me. He's been brilliant to Max as well. He's he's put his arm around Max a couple of times, and that says a lot, doesn't it? It does because I think he could have looked at it a different way and mm-hmm. gone, you know, I'm going to try and get you out of the team so yeah. I can play again. And he, it's it's that sort of <clears throat> that sort of changing room. Because obviously, I'm I'm not really old enough to understand if that's the normal or not. Yeah. But it's that sort of changing room which I'm told isn't normal. Mm. Um, I'm so glad you've said that because from the outside it feels special and you've been a, you know, a fan of Norwich and you've seen yeah. teams and you've been about teams that hasn't quite felt whole and together mm, mm. and I'm so glad you've said that because we've heard so much about Cruel and, and Evo. It's, it is unbelievable mm. the fact that you, you've got them kind of players and it was also interesting, Chris, we filmed um, a podcast two, three months ago with Jake Humphrey and Jake said at that point, Todd, that he thought the success to this season was almost the naivety of you boys. You mm. hadn't been in this situation before. Mm. I suppose you had a promotion, but yeah. It, and I'm, do you think that was a good point? The fact that you, Max, Jamal, hadn't quite been in this situation, so there was no fear. Maybe I think at the same time, I think Jamal obviously had the experience of of the season before and and got a good run of games. Ben had a fantastic loan spell at Shrewsbury, mm. um, and and Max. I think anyone that, that knew Max would be able to tell you that he would have played first team very wow. soon. You know, I played with him at under 23s and um, one of his first training sessions with us as under 23s as an under 18, I actually pulled him and said, you're going to play Premier League one day. Really? I said to him, I said, because he was the first player, one of the first players that I looked at and just felt like I was on the same wavelength. Right. I didn't have to try. It was like hang on, he's not just crossed it and there's no one in the box. He's turned out and played it back out. Yeah. <coughs> which is like, 
I know it sounds like a real simple thing, but it was like he had the maturity before yeah. he was mature. Yeah. It, it was weird. Like well, Russ was full of compliments for Max, so he mm. knew that Max was ready. He said it before Max got a game that he was going to be the next big thing. Just, just talk to me more about Max Aaron's this season because he had a fantastic, um, almost <coughs> player of the season. He was close to mm. player of the season. Just talk to me about Max this season and how have you, how have you rated him? How have you enjoyed playing with him? I think he's been brilliant to watch, to be honest. I obviously wasn't in the squad for the Ipswich game and I was absolutely over the moon that he was starting and, you know, obviously Ben come on at half-time that game as well, but I think... Crunch them on. Yeah, <laughs> that's Ben though. Ben, ben enjoys that, believe me. Ben the bulldozer. Um, yeah, I just, I don't think anyone could have said that he would have been that consistently good. Um, you know, he's been obviously, you know, in a way lucky not to pick up an injury, I'd say, that he's just continued to play, but... Because he gives more than 100%, oh, there's, there's nothing lucky about the fact that he's played the amount of games he's played because even in training, he, he, he's so comfortable. Not not like confident and arrogant, but so comfortable. Mm. Never looks pressured. I get what you say though, Todd, because I think he is lucky to have not got injured because the way that he's just bombing mm. and attacking and twisting and turning and mm. cutting inside, mm. you could quite easily, if you the opposition, say... He's going to be bombing up the wing. I'm going to take him out early mm -hmm. doors. I'm going to show him who's boss. Yeah. And, you know, I think you're right. And I think it's a great shout. Being in that youth gang, I'm going to call it. <laughs> the boy band. Is it the boy band? Is that what they call it? Well, that's what it started as. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's the boy band. Who's got the best dress sense then? Um, backing yourself? No, because I know what they'll say. They'll all, <laughs> they'll all say it's risky and all of that. But that's just, I don't know. That's just the way I've always been. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, no, 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 I'm all about the boy band. I'm loving that. Well, the question was: Have you felt like you've kind of been dragging each other up? Mm. Because you said there how buzzing you were that Max was in for Ipswich, mm. and likewise, when you're out, are they dragging you up with them? Is that is that the sort of vibe? Yeah, definitely. I think when you know me, Max, and um, Jamal were playing um, when I had my my run of games, and Ben wasn't. Ben was obviously on the bench and we were saying you're going to be in soon, you know, just keep training how you're training and obviously he probably had question marks as well thinking, you know, how am I going to play? But then, you know, same goes when, when he then got in and it was me that obviously after my injury I was out and I was watching, it was him that was then saying to me, you know, you're going to get back in, I, I, I know you will. So yeah, there's, without even knowing we've been doing it, we actually have been doing it and Jamal's obviously, you know, played nearly every game he's he's always one to be saying come on you can do more Todd you can do more Ben come on like which is weird because you probably wouldn't expect it looking at Jamal to be like that but he's very open and, and honest with the people that he chooses to mm. he's not like a very open character which you know he doesn't have Twitter you know he's not very verbal on Instagram and stuff like that but he's he's got a lot of passion he seems like he's got a heart of gold Jamal yeah. seems like he a really cares but b He's just a nice guy, and yeah, that nice helps, guy. I think. It's nice to not see arrogance. Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes younger players in squads, particularly in the Premier League, you, you look at the player and you think, mm, maybe mm -hmm. you're going a bit too early here almost. Yeah. And you don't see that with any of you boys. No. It's, it's great How to see. How important is it to have that real tight-knit core? Because I can imagine <coughs> when you've got to the level you have, you know, distractions start coming in. So mm. to have that real tight-knit group of friends that you can trust and you know have the best intentions for you must be so crucial. Have you got a subgroup on WhatsApp? Have you got first or are you not going to announce it? Can you not say? Well, we don't. What do you mean as in like, like have you got first team and then is, is there a boy band WhatsApp group as well? 
there there is chats there is chats but there's there's sections it's not <laughs> is there it's not we haven't we haven't gone look us for we're gonna have our own you chat, have haven't you but <laughs> who's the who's the group admin todd um what the, the, of whole the subgroup <laughs> there isn't one <laughs> there so isn't one. <laughs> <laughs> no there isn't but that group must be must be important to have yeah no i, I like i said the way that it's not normal to have four young lads that mm. are not distracted with other things outside yeah. of football and I think especially Jamal, Max and Ben because I'm not going to speak for myself because I don't know how they look at it but they're always pushing each other we are always pushing each other to try and be the best we can mm. there's there's no breaks you know it's I'm going to the gym now Jamal says Todd come you're coming mm. or Ben says Max I'm going to the gym Max goes, do you know what I mean? It's it's um How much are you bench pressing, Todd? Um or are you not that kind of guy? Or is that Ben? Ben looks like he he presses pretty heavy actually. Ben's a beast. Is Ben's he? Ben was I reckon I'm he, pretty sure Ben was born a beast. <laughs> I, I reckon he came out it's of the womb an absolute beast. It's not he normal. Did, didn't he? It's not normal. He's gotta be benching at least 90 kg at least. Probably he's probably doing more like I'm not really a a gym guy, you can probably tell. I'm not really a gym guy, but what are you on about man? No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not really a gym guy. Obviously, I I do my sessions and mm. like to say I'm um I can hold my own on a football pitch, but I'm yeah. not really that guy that that's actually what makes enjoys you it. That was, that's what makes you different. You're nimble. You're smaller. You can mm. cut inside. And I think that I think that's cool, man. It's, it's interesting you, you mentioned that because I think there were certain people that were saying when you got into this squad, oh, he's too small. Mm. And I, I think you mentioned it actually in one of your interviews before, you were quite small growing up. Mm. And when you saw Lionel Messi doing his yeah, thing, yeah, you were yeah, like, yeah. I, I can believe that small people can do it on the pitch now. Were you yeah. nervous going into the championship thinking, this is going to be brutal, I'm, I'm really nervous about, in terms of the physicality, or did you always back yourself? Do you know what? I, I've always backed myself to be more intelligent than right. strong. Okay. Um, if I put my body in this position with the ball there, you, you can only foul me anyway. Yeah. And if it's not a foul, I'll you make it look that, like mate. it is. Um, and you know, I, I think one of the things that was always quite apparent, which I knew I had when I was growing up, like I said, I was really small. I would always cut across someone who was quicker than me, right. so that he either trips me up or he has to let me go. Yeah. And it was something that my dad always used to say to me. That's not normal. Like players don't think like that. And I wasn't subconsciously thinking I'm now about to cut across, but I knew that I would get pushed off the right. ball. I, I would, you know, I'm not. I wasn't as quick. So was that taught to you, or was that did that just come natural? I think there's some things that generally are untrained, and right. that's one of the things that no one ever said to me. Do that because you're smaller. It's just something that. But I think to be honest, and and not many people will know this, but when I was younger. My brother, who's four years older than me, um, who was obviously stronger and whatever, we would just kick the ball in the garden all the time. Mm. We'd just be, I've got the ball now, you get it off me. Mm. And I generally think that when I was at such a young age, competing against someone four years older, I worked out that I wasn't stronger, I wasn't quicker. And it was almost like, okay, I've, I've got to do that then. And then it's a foul, although there was no referee in there saying, <laughs> you know, and did, it, and did it get heated? Yes, it did. <laughs> But no, that's that's probably again where I get my competitive edge from yeah. as well, you know. So no, it was. What about? And I mean, you say that obviously you, you you're un, that's kind of untrained. And I agree with that. And we're speaking about James Madison in that sense as well. That you have to work bloody hard. Mm. But there's still that raw talent that comes through. And 
I, I kind of see the way you play is kind of similar to Wes mm-hmm. in the respect of the twists, the turns, the, the, the small touches close to your feet. Was, did you, did you idolise Wes? Was there a player in the Norwich team uh, that you looked up to going through the ranks? Yeah, Wes genuinely was that guy. Um, I used to watch him and think, wow, if I can affect games like he can affect mm-hmm. games, then I'm going to be a player because I would, I would sometimes just watch him and watch him do something and say, wow. Yeah. And do you know what? Even when, when he used to try things and people would say, oh, give it simple. Yeah. Let him try that six yeah. or seven times. So that one time, it's worth it for yeah. a goal, no? Yeah, true. And I used to think, you know, people saying, oh, I don't know what he's seen there. And then when he's done something yeah. which no one has seen, say, wow, what's yeah. he seen? You know, I, there's a type of player that that will always try and do something that doesn't look like it's on. Mm. There's a lot of amazing players that are like, you know, like Hazard, David Silva is probably one of the best. He does a pass, you think, oh mm. my God, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's that sort of thing and I think, I've I've got that I've always wanted to be that guy who has that responsibility um, it's interesting you say that because I, th- I think there was a stat something with, with Messi's performance against Liverpool in the first leg that he had something like a 15% pass completion mm. but changed the game so much mm. so I guess it's almost a sacrifice of your position in terms mm. of you do have the opportunity to change games yeah. but there might be four passes that you mm. misplace and that could be you out of the team it's ruthless 100%. isn't it yeah no 100% I think when you're when you're an attackive player, you're asked to, to win your team games. Mm. You're asked to, to make things happen. And sometimes that won't come off. Mm. Sometimes it will. It's, mm. it's, it's sort of how it works. But obviously when you look at the top level, when you're consistently winning your team games, like I said, like David Silva, mm. Bernardo, players like that, that's, that's when it's the next level. I think it's players in your position, Todd. I think, and, and, I, and I kind of, I, I wish that people understood this more you are put in that position to take risks mm. to do, do to do different stuff mm. so i think it's i think it's frustrating when you're not in a team after giving away full times mm. because i think that you're there to take risks to cre- to create those opportunities to play those through balls the team of Puki against QPR. Yeah. i think i think um i think that's what you're there to do yeah. my other question is we spoke about wes who's obviously you know a player that you were with and you've looked up to growing mm-hmm. up is there a player that's that's playing right now in this Norwich team that you look up to and go, oh my God, what a player? Um, do you know what? Honestly, I, I don't think there is. And I, I don't say that because there's no one with amazing ability. I say it because probably now that I'm in there, mm. I probably don't look at it like that. Right. If I was probably zoomed out, I'd probably go, wow. If I was to actually probably watch a training session, I'd probably go, wow, he's unbelievable. Because you're training in there, you don't really... It's it's weird. It probably doesn't sound right, but because I'm now in there, yeah, I now don't look at it like that. Yeah. So let's go back to when that your run of games in the first team happened. Mm -hmm. It was a a long run. From a fan's point of view, just going to games, it feels relentless. Mm -hmm. It feels like oh my god, we literally feel like we've just played yesterday, Mm -hmm. and we've got another two games coming in Mm -hmm. three days. That must be so draining mentally and physically because it's. It is a, such a demanding league, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And that hit home quite quickly, to be <laughs> honest. You know, playing three games in one week after not playing, I was, you know. But to be fair, the, the way we have trained this season, I don't think many teams will train like that. And I think that's helped us. Mm. You know, you look at the end of games when we've almost come into life, when teams have died, I think you can only get that from training mm. day in, day out. You know, a week, the same sort of... Um, 
you know, training as it were. So, you know, I, I feel like everyone has had that resilience in their legs to go like, we can train like this or we can play like that. And in and amongst that run of games comes your first goal mm-hmm. at Carrow Road. I mm-hmm. think there were, there were probably people going, you know, Todd's been amazing so far, now let's see him score. <coughs> and it came, and it was a beautiful finish as mm-hmm. well. How, what did that feel like in front of the Barkley? Because it came at a crucial point in that game mm-hmm. as well. I think we were losing or yeah, one one or something. Yeah, so that must have been amazing, man. It was, I think, to be honest, um, and I hadn't obviously had this chance to say anything. I was actually really disappointed with how I'd been in front of goal right. before that. Um, I remember a chance at Derby, which I thought, mm. I've got to score that. You know, I come home thinking, I had a good game, but no, I'm not happy mm. with that. I should have scored. There's also um, Stoke as well at home, um, yeah. Brentford. There was a couple of chances and I thought, no one knows that I can finish and I know I can finish. Yeah. So, you know, my next chances, I'm going to be assured on them. And obviously the ball went over, um, Timo played it back, perfect way to pass, just used the weight of the ball and, you know, and slid it in. And hopefully I shoot at that point that finishing is something I feel comfortable doing. So when you're in that position, when you, when you miss a one-on-one or something, um, it is, you get one chance and if you miss it, you're mm. then reflecting on that negative point rather yeah. than the fantastic passes you've played. How, how do you stop that from becoming disheartening and going the other way? Because you often see strikers going four games without a goal mm. and suddenly they're in a drought and then it goes to ten games without a goal. What was it like for you? Was it like, right, I now train harder? <clears> and sort of stopping that mental demon in the back of your head going, you are better than this, Todd. Mm. It's, it's hard. Um, and I, I can see that most people deal with it differently. Some people go, okay, give me 20 balls after training. I'm going to get do the same mm. situation. Some people say, it's okay, I know what I can do. But for me, I think... Because I was, I would say, happy with my performances and that the team was winning, mm. I had to ignore it because I knew if I went into a game thinking I've got a score, I'm going to make the wrong decision mm. because I'll do something selfish, I'll do something that wasn't on and you know, and, and then you, you're going backwards rather than going forwards. I thought, i okay, carry on doing what I'm doing, but the next chance I get, I'll make sure that I'm there. So mm. it's the way I looked at it. What was it like celebrating in front of the Barclay? It was amazing. I'm actually annoyed how I celebrated. <laughs> it I'm was shocking. Annoyed. I'm annoyed. I was expecting so much more, but I think because what's your go-to set? Like, what 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 sort of sellers can we expect in the future? Well, we've talked about a knee slide. I do enjoy a good knee slide, but <laughs> some of them knee slides that go wrong. I mean, yeah. you know, like when yeah. ruptured yeah. knee or oh, something. Oh, they don't look good, do they? But no, I I think because of the game situation yeah. and you know being it wasn't more of a this is my moment it was more of a come on we need to get yeah, back yeah. into it and and um but uh, yeah what do you what do you reckon to team Pukki's Sale? what's he doing he's, he's scoring yeah. so many goals but he just doesn't he just he's, gets on with it he's he? such a chilled guy though he is. it's like it's you've scored oh i don't care <laughs> I, I, i've done my job you know what i mean it's like it's crazy but but yeah, Steepermans, we won't talk about <laughs> What it, mate, come on, no, no, come I don't on. even Let's know where it comes from. I don't even know. Are these know. pre-planned or are they just going through his head? Well, I don't think he'd mind me saying this and I think the boys would all agree with me. He's quite strange. <laughs> <laughs> In the nicest way. Like, yeah, he's yeah. a really nice guy yeah. and I love Steepy, but him and Tim Closer like have some weird Different conversations <laughs> and then he scores and he's doing like this and he's laughing yeah. his head off. I'm thinking, what's going on yeah. here? No one knows what's going on. The salmon. I mean, there was all sorts of wacky ones. But it's weird, because you think if you did something like that, you would let everyone know that that's what's going to happen. But you don't know. And he doesn't smile. Yeah. Have you noticed when he scores, he, no, doesn't, he doesn't smile? No, I don't doesn't. know why he doesn't smile. It's like Does Dennis Rabeni actually smile? 
Have you seen yeah, him smile? Yeah, he's, he smiles. He's, Does he? He yeah. never smiles at Carrow Road. I'm starting to get a bit worried. No, nah, he, he's, yeah, he's, he's probably, actually, people probably won't realise, he's actually quite a joker. Is he? Yeah, he's, obviously, he speaks German and within the German group, I think he's quite a joker. But with, with me as well, I, he's a really nice guy. Is he? Mm, awesome. Really nice guy. Okay, I want to talk about it, coming up against Ipswich for the first time. Hmm. What's that like? Because it, it, the, the home game and the away game, they both came at crucial parts of the season. And, yeah. and a game against Ipswich is always big and it's always nerve-wracking for us fans. Hmm. Is it as nerve-wracking for you? Because you know how much this means yeah, for I the know fans. You've means. been in the stands for East Anglian derbies. Are you nervous? I'm going to be honest, I was just dying to go on the pitch. Yeah, I was just dying to get out there. I'd pre-planned how I could imagine my derby being and you know what it would have meant to have done this and that. Mm. But obviously when I come on and that, that feeling of like obviously looking up at the score, seeing us winning, it was like a comfortable situation yeah. to come on. And I'm, I was glad that I... Is this the home leg? Yeah. You're talking about? Mm. Well, what are you on about, mate? You came on, you, you, you started a fight straight away. <laughs> I mean, come on! I know. <laughs> that were, were you bubbling with 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 almost emotion coming onto it because it looked like, and I love it, and the fans love it, and I know the Ipswich players hated it mm. that you were just in and you were in their faces straight away. Do you know what actually really annoyed me? And I don't know if it's because I was from Norwich and I was probably looking at that game fifty-fifty as mm. a fan and mm. as a player, but some of the tackles that went in on Max earlier yeah. on, I thought. That's, there's no need for that, and then obviously everything that kicked off on the side was unnecessary. Did you know, it fire that, you up? Yeah, it did, and and some of the players, you know, you could see him trying to wind people up, and I thought when that went on and that tackle on Emmy was a bad one, and there was oh, two yeah. of them, and and Max stuck up for Emmy. I, I think I know it sounds maybe like an excuse, but I think that shows that everyone's together. Mm. Agreed. Because I went in, and my first initial reaction was get him off Max. Like Max has had enough today. Mm. And like even someone like Jordan Rhodes was there, you know, he's he's not he's not an aggressive person. But he, he, was there. he was there and he, he knew what it meant, you know, to show that we're not gonna get pushed about and dictated, you know, like that as well. We're gonna dictate games, but we've also we've got each other's backs. Did you feel at that point that other clubs are starting to look at you and go, and the only way we're gonna stop these is by mm. being physical and by getting in their faces and hopefully they'll just surrender. Yeah. That must have been almost a, a point where you've gone yeah, we're so much better than every other team now. Mm, I think there were certain teams that tried to do that, especially at Cow Road. But w when the team is on on its game and we play the ball, how we you I, there's not many teams that can press and win the ball back mm. because you can press, but you can't be silly. And and everyone knows that you know you can't have your centre backs up and everyone. When they press with three or four players, we could we could get out of that situation, mm. and I think that's probably a little bit disheartening. Kissing the badge in front of the away fans. Oh, well. I know. I yeah. That after the game carried away in the game, I feel like I was supporting my teammates. Yeah. Chris, it's it's good though, isn't it? Because you almost want in that situation, you want players who haven't done it before and are just chilled and are calm and will just play their game like it's mm. any other. And you want players like Todd. Mm. You want players like Max in there yeah. who just get it. You know what? Kudos to, to Toddy and kudos to, to Max and Jamal as well because I thought the only game where I was worried about Angus was the Ipswich game. I thought he looked nervous. I'm sure he won't mind me saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I was. I was. I was worried about it. Um, you know, and I thought that you know 
Todd came on and, and Max and Jam they stood their own and I think and it and I and I, lo- I think it it can work either way. Mm. It's quite interesting that you said you're fifty percent a fan in that game mm. and fifty percent a player. That can either make you nervous, like Angus was, mm-hmm. or it can really it can be like a supercharger for you, mm. and, it, and it was for you. And I think that again, it just means when the Norwich fans are looking at you in the eye, when that when that final whistle went, knowing that you're a Norfolk boy mm. and and you beat those boys from down the road. Mm. I mean, come, come on, like so what much. what what did it feel like? Like were you? I can, I'm, I'm not sure I could handle it. I would have just been on the floor. In bits. Do you know, I was I was just really happy that the team won and that I, I was a part of it and that you know, like I said, that we had stuck together, but we had also played good football and you know, torn them apart on the pitch as well. So I know obviously the fans like to to have a go at each other and you know, and that's part of football. I think that's what makes football special is that the teams and it's every team, you know, even Ipswich, the fans that. Are there for the club they love the club mm. so when you're at home and you can do it against a rival club and beat them 3-0 and yes yeah, it's, it's brilliant to be a part of it really is so you, you skip forward you pick up your injury you're out of the team for a bit another opportunity arises mm-hmm. you're thrown back in what did that feel like because it came at a point in the season when it was like it felt like a business end it was mm. like promotion feels like it's in mm. our hands now we can genuinely do this yeah. and you're thrown in a really important part of the season I think it was an mm. evening game at Carrow Road yeah really yeah. was that did you feel pressure at that point because it was slightly different to, to when you were thrown in the first time because yeah. it, there was more pressure on it there was a, you know I, I can't remember the runner results but it felt like we really needed to deliver mm. and there was big shoes to fill yeah there was I think Emmy had been playing so well before mm. as well like he had been in unbelievable form you know um arguably one of the best in the league and I knew that I hoped that it would be me that got the chance to go in but at the same time the difference was is that I realised that it, it couldn't be a, a no fear performance it had to be a conservative yeah. make sure you do it right because mm-hmm. the team's going in a good good direction and if I come in and try and steal the show as yeah. such and try and show oh I, okay I can do what Emmy can do mm-hmm. then it could have gone completely differently and I think that's probably what some people may may not have realised is that I had to do a job. Yeah. It wasn't like I could go in and say, right, just do whatever you want to do, go steal yeah. the show, you know, do all your tricks and flicks. <laughs> and obviously, there's a part of me that thought, no, I, you know, people are doubting me. I want to show I can do all that stuff as well. But I mean, when it comes down to it, you know, you look at it and you look at them draws now, and they weren't bad points. They, Crucial. They weren't at all. So, but yeah. You've- I think it's the right time to bring it up, Todd. Now I think it's I think it's only fair to do so. You have received criticism this season, and just kind of want to get your not not necessarily your viewpoint on it. Um, but what I would like to hear <coughs> is, do, do you when you've had a bad game and you know you've had a bad game, do you try and stay away from social media? How how have you how have you dealt with the criticism that you've received this season? I think. Um Honestly, I think if I would have had a really bad game, I would expect people to tell me I've had a bad game because I've been a fan, I've sat in front of TV and said, oh, he's played rubbish and all of that. I just, probably the bit that maybe I didn't understand so much is when I didn't think I'd had a bad game mm-hmm. and then I was mm-hmm. getting stick and that's, obviously you have to sit there and you have to look at it and whether you want to see it or not, you end up seeing mm-hmm. it. Um, and I just, I just felt like you wanted to say, Okay, if I had a bad game, I'll be the first to hold my hands up and say, okay, I've played badly. And you're more within your right to say you haven't played well today. But 
when it's it, it's more annoying when you don't agree with what's being said mm. you know and how and and what do you do in terms of social media so it, it, do you go on social media after you've lost or do you try to avoid it how does it work with you do you know what it really really doesn't doesn't change i think if we win you can't get too carried away of what people are saying if you lose you can't get too carried away of what people are saying because Wise some words. some people may not think before they say something <laughs> and you've got to take it as as part of the job to be honest I, I think fans are entitled to their opinion that's the whole that's how football works so if you're not ready to be given stick then i don't think you're ready to play and fair play man because you know you've bounced back from it you know you were you were criticised, just like Tim Krul's criticised this mm. season as well. You know, we, we were, the crazy thing is that we've been top of the league, but mm. it's good to know that it, that it, you know, it hasn't bogged you down too much and mm. you bounced back from it. But I think that you could have quite easily caved. Mm. You could have gone, oh, this is just too much for mm. me. So fair play, man, for sticking in there. And it's interesting as well. You raise that point in terms of doing a job because we know your game, and it almost felt like what you said there you sacrificed your performance levels for the mm. good of the team. Mm. Because we know you're not an Emmy, you're a different type of player, but you could have gone in there and been like, I'm having a good individual mm. performance mm. today. And you probably wouldn't have picked up that criticism. But what yeah. people don't know what's going on in the dressing room, what you're mm. being told to do. So I suppose that was really brave of you to be like, yeah, I'm gonna come in here and I'm mm. gonna do a job. Mm. And if it means sacrificing what people think of me for a bit for the good of the team, that's fine. Yeah, definitely. I think there's there's always a bigger picture, which mm. is probably hard to see sometimes, but I looked at that and, you know, I, if I had have turned around and, and got two goals or something like that, I'm sure the manager would have been like, okay, that's yeah. cool. And the teammates would have been like, wow, well done. Yeah. But. It's not that there was too much risk for that, and obviously if there was a chance, I would have took it, but I, like I said, I had to do a shift for the team, yeah. and it wasn't about me as yeah. an individual, it was about the team continuing to move forward, and the risk for some of the things that I probably would have done mm. if we weren't going in that direction. Obviously there's things that I saw in, in the games and thought, mm, I'd like to have done this yeah. differently and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, like I said earlier, there, there were two big points which maybe if I did go in and say, okay, you know, I can I can do this and that, maybe we wouldn't have got them points. Mm. So. On the upside, Todd, the funny part of Twitter, mm -hmm. I did see your tweet to a to an Ipswich fan mm. recently. You couldn't resist, could you? Yeah, you know, I'm gonna be honest. I was um, actually not sober when I did that. Tweet. Oh right, okay. We'll let you off then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But once it was up and, and everyone caught on to it, I thought, oh, I can't take it down yeah. now. It's, it's gone out now, yeah. so. But yeah, no, I, I, w I was actually just stating a fact. Well, yeah. I mean, I, wasn't I actually, love that. Facts don't care about feelings. No. And, it, and it's just quite simple. Todd Cantwell is one of these. Mm. True. We'll leave it at that. Indeed. True. We've had people on the podcast before that have achieved promotions, Hux, Holty, others, and they've all said there's come a point in the season, a game, when they've been like, right, mm. we're promoted. Mm. Was there a point in the season when maybe you or the team have gone, yeah, we're up? I think personally, I was on the bench at Leeds away, but mm. going into that game with the, like I spoke about earlier, with the atmosphere and, you know, it was hostile. Mm. Yeah, um, what was like? What was that like? I think it's probably quite a strange response, but it almost made like, especially like Ben and Max and Jamal, we was obviously starting, made them more up for it. Yeah. It was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, Ben but was properly fired yeah, up. Yeah, he was, he was. But I think that's the game where I thought, 
within myself, I'm not sure, I, I can't speak for others, but where I thought, wow. What was it about it that made you thought that? I think it's just the way we played. Yeah. It was like the heart. Yeah. It was like the tackles. You know, I remember Tom Tribal doing two in a row, yeah. which were like big tackles and winning them both. I just think we set the tone that day. It felt big. Yeah, it did. And I'm it glad really you did. said that because I, that was the point yeah. in the season where I thought yeah, it, was a, it, it had gone from a dream in term, into, yeah, yeah. into reality. Um, let's round things off. The past sort of week, you kind of know because you're from Norfolk and you know it's a one-club county. Mm. But that parade, <laughs> what was it like for you in terms of your family would have been there, your <clears throat> girlfriend would have been there? It mm. must have been such a proud moment for you. It was. Um, they're probably the sort of moments that won't sink in until later on in my career, to be yeah. honest. I think like it's probably a little bit, not cringy, but I don't know the word, but this football club is generally special. Mm. And it's days it's like that. It's more than a club. It is, yeah. And it's days like that when when it shows because I'm not sure how many other clubs in the country would have got the turnout, the support, you know. And, it was uh, early. <laughs> it was early, that's what I mean, and it was full. And yeah. it's a day that I want to forget. the night before? <laughs> Don't worry, we've heard it. Not many, not many <laughs> okay, hours well, at well all. Said. Well not said. many hours, but yeah, it was amazing. Chris, it, it, you, you know, you've seen multiple promotions, you've seen relegations. Something yeah. felt different about this season. I, I think it was the togetherness, I think it was, I don't know what Todd thought, but at the start of the season, we didn't have a chance. Yeah. It just felt so wholesome. I think that's the word that I'd describe this season as. Yeah, uh, we were speaking after the celebration game um, to, to Wes, and we were talking about you know what, 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 what was it that did it? And I think that there was, it was the accumulation of lots of little things that did it. We've spoken about the youth, the boy band, as we'll now call them. I love the fact you can't go over that. There's the boy band. There's there's Weather's new way of doing things. There's Daniel Farker's um, tactics and vision. There's a bit of spicy Emmy Buendia. There's Max, who's in the absolute form of his life. There's Ben, who's proven a point, who's in the mix of first season. There's Todd, who's got a point to prove all the time. Pookie is in the form of his life. He's come out of absolutely nowhere. And most importantly, the fans were on board. We've obviously brought up the fact that they've criticised Todd, they've mm. criticised Tim, you've criticised Tim. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think it was the fact that we were all together, but it was those tiny things. And I think that in previous relegations and also almost promotions, the key thing is, is that not every, there's, there's been parts missing and every single piece of the jigsaw has been placed in the season. There's not, mm. there's not one thing that I can say bad about the club at all. Everything has been going well everyone's in the same direction, there's no egos, um, and that is exactly why we've done it. Todd, I think a message from me, and I'm sure Chris, thank you for this season, mate. It's been oh, an absolute pleasure. And, thank um, you, guys. Well done, brilliant. mate, honestly. Thank well you done. very much. Thanks Top so man. much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, I've, I've got to, you've got to say something, though. I'm going to put you under pressure. Okay. Have you got a message to the fans for next season? I think just, um, you know, be how you have this season. It's been brilliant. You know, obviously next season's going to be a tough one. We're going to play against some some brilliant teams, um, you know, but yeah, I think if we if we can have the same sort of support, you know, hopefully we can achieve something brilliant. Nice one, mate. Get in.